T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Every single day, reality calls, and the Biden administration just hangs up. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Mark Reardon. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? All I ask is that you're a woman. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. The Mark Reardon Show is on now. Oh, here we are. Beautiful day in St. Louis before the blizzard of 2022 <laughs> settles into the St. Louis area. Actually, this one might be pretty uh, pretty nasty, not from the perspective that we're going to get hammered with a bunch of snow, but just the cold temperatures yeah. and just a little bit of snow. And then, you know, you got the blowing and drifting. The blowing and drifting is what I would kind of focus in on here. But Dave just did the forecast at the top of the hour. He's saying like three to four inches Thursday afternoon into Thursday night, but then the bottom just drops out with the uh, with the temperatures, and it's really these wind conditions for the next couple of days. That's why they're talking about this bomb cyclone thing. Remember we did that, oh, Fred? Yeah, we covered that a right. few years ago, yeah, right? right? I'm still not sure I understand let's, let's it. Let's ask Dave about it. He's going to be with us at 4.07. Here's what it is, Sue. It's bad. Yeah. There's a right. lot of, there's I, I a lot of wind, there's some snow, and then the temperatures are really going to be cold. I hate so. it when it's cold and windy. And I'm so, I am so glad that I'm not traveling because if you had to... Well, think about just my family's in Chicago. If you're driving to Chicago or even just flying up to another northern climate, it could definitely be uh, a bit of a headache. And Tricky. by the way, as as I've told you that I was excited, I knew this was going to happen, by the way. Oh, it's kind of no. like my foot, football parlays. What? Well, my, guess who I hear from just an hour ago that might not be able to make it for Christmas from Houston? Oh, your son. It, 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 and the want, girlfriend? That, no, we bought her a coat. I, I don't even want to talk about it. I, it's, it's what car, did he say? There's car problems. Oh, and then he says to what? me, what? Oh. This, this, this is what's great about these kids. He's almost 26, so not really a kid. Now, you would think that people have tried to help him over the course of the past few months saying things along these lines, Sue. Hey, if you think you're going to make it in for the holidays, we may want to look at booking airfare. 
So he calls me this afternoon. It, by the way, whenever I get a message, hey, do you have a second? I, I, I was about to oh. do some some stuff in the studio. Well, I knew it wasn't going to be good no. news, right? Well, in the I don't know what's wrong with his car. That's another story. But the girlfriend, her yeah, car is yeah. getting fixed, and it was supposed oh. to be fixed, and there's a part that's not in. Oh, yeah. So then he says to me, well, we're looking at flights. I'm like, you're looking at flights. Are you out of your mind? You don't have. It's going to cost you two thousand dollars to yes. fly. Yes, it is. So I think if you're you can find that. one, <laughs> well, because exactly of, because of everyone. Know. You know what, Fred? Panicking. What have I told you about this one? I'm just kind of letting him find his way, right? I'm letting him so find. That's his all way, you can do. That that is all I can do. But both of their cars Lord. are down. I thought you got. Well, okay. I don't want to talk okay. about it, Sue. All it's right, just, that's it's, fair. And you know, it, it'd be one of those things. Like if I, if you were to ask me last week, hey, you got to place a little wager here on uh, whether or not your son from Houston makes it in for Christmas. I'd probably hedge a little bit on that, just knowing the pattern. But hey, well, hopefully I'm everyone sorry. else can get here and uh, you have a great holiday. This is my last day uh, before Christmas. Um, off the rest of the week, we'll be back on Tuesday of next week. we got a lot to get to. I think Ryan Wecker's going to fill in for yes. the rest of the week. I heard him this morning filling in for Mark Cox, so Ryan will be here on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, we do have a lot of things coming up this afternoon, including our friend George Gray from Arizona. Probably the smartest move George Gray has ever made. <laughs> hey, let's not come into St. Louis for Christmas this year. We're going to stay in Arizona. Brilliant move, given the temperatures, but George will grace us from Phoenix with the Price is Wrong mark in the 4 o'clock hour. Um, our friend Selena Zito, who writes for the New York Post and the Washington Examiner, and at selenazito.com will join us. We always talk politics with Selena, but Sue, I think you're going to like this. She spoke with the 29-year-old curator with the uh, Carnegie Science Center's Miniature Railroad and Village. And I don't know, I think that might be sort of a lost hobby Art form. I find that it seems really like something Fred would have done back yeah, in the day. Yeah, Fred, I don't did know. you have a train set? Uh, no, I didn't. No, just huh. when, once we had. Do you have any friends one. that had them though? Oh yeah. yeah, I had a friend in Milwaukee that that was really really into the the model trains. Like he had several rooms of oh, trains. And I, had, like I have that. an adult friend that had like the has well, the entire yeah. basement. Yeah, this was Whoa. an adult friend. Yeah, outfitted. Right. Whoa. Well, that's when you can afford it, right? You right. Can, and you've got rooms. That you own. So right. she wrote. She wrote a great column, kind of relating to that in Christmas, and uh, will join us in the five o'clock hour. I think uh, Fred said we got Dave Murray coming up as right. well, plus an audio cut of the. I have an amazing story from um, Purdue University about a faculty member there that's been pretty much canceled because he just told a joke that apparently was deemed hateful. So we'll get to that. But on the topic of academia, I love this. You know, the gang at Fox has been kind of all over this today, and the Wall Street Journal wrote about it. Speaking of the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Jerry Baker's coming up in a few minutes. So in May, I can't remember if we did it at the time. I'm guessing that we did. The um, university administrators at Stanford published something called an index of forbidden words to be eliminated from the school's websites and computer code. And then they provided inclusive replacements to help re-educate the uh, benighted. I'm going to just tell you right now when I'm about to do this, ladies and gentlemen, is um, probably shouldn't warn you about this. This is so utterly depressing. Because you're going to laugh at what I'm going to tell you, and you're going to say, how is it possible that people at an esteemed university like Stanford, look, we got woke pre- professor at WashU that got exposed yesterday, right? I don't want anybody to argue with me about, and she's a medical professor, right? She's in the medical school, but she's going to focus on woke stuff, right? That's that's the most important part. We made it very clear yesterday. Doesn't matter your expertise in surgery or um you know, trying to figure out what might ail somebody, man, that's secondary to being anti-racist. So what happened was the Stanford put this thing out in um, 
May, and then they made it public yesterday. And then once people started mocking it, they took it down so people couldn't see it. But we have it. Oh, we have it. So they, they list all these things that you're not allowed to say, and they give reasons. And every university, Mizzou has one of these. There's a bunch of universities. They all go to work on this, the students do and the professors. And they come up with, um, here's what it says, the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative. And I'm just going to go back to what I said. This is just sad. It really is. Because it's such complete, utter lunacy. And to think that people who allegedly have a brain bigger than mine, I'm just a radio guy, you're going to Stanford, you're pretty smart, right? Yeah. That they sat down in a room and they put this together with the goal being the elimination of harmful language. It's to eliminate many forms of harmful language, including racist, violent, biased uh, language in Stanford websites and code. The purpose of this website is to educate people about the possible impact of the words we use. Language, you see, affects different people in different ways. wonder how F-U uh, applies huh. to the people at Stanford. Well, how do you interpret that one? Here we go. Let's go on down the list here. Ableist. We're going to start with ableist. Ableist is language that is offensive to people who live with disabilities and or devalues people who live with disabilities. The unintentional use of such terms furthers the belief that people who live with disabilities are abnormal. So you can't call someone an addict anymore. You have to say substance use disorder uh, because using person-first language helps to not define people by not just one of their characteristics. Uh, you can't use addicted, hooked, or devoted. Really? They're, they're devoted to fentanyl. Devoted? They're de that's what it says here. This is consider using devoted. You know why? It trivializes the experiences of people who deal with substance abuse issues. No, it doesn't. No. As someone who's dealt with substance abuse issues, it's just stupid. You can't use basket case anymore. I would just I would just be a mess there. I would be trying to figure out what I'm saying. Devoted doesn't even work as a word in that context. Consider using nervous instead of basket case. Originally referred to one who has lost all four limbs and therefore needed to be carried around in a basket. So that's the context of you can't use that basket case. You can't use blind review anymore because that unintentionally perpetuates that disability that it's somehow abnormal or negative, furthering an ableist culture. So we want you to use anonymous review. Don't use blind study either. That's got to be mass study because it unintentionally perpetuates that disability is somehow abnormal or negative, furthering an ableist culture. Committed suicide. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that either. You have to say died by suicide. Ableist language that trivializes the experience of people living with mental health conditions. I've got a mental health condition. It doesn't trivialize anything. Confined to a wheelchair. Change that to person who uses a wheelchair. Um, you can't even use crazy. Crazy is ableist language that trivializes the experience of people living with mental health conditions. Use surprising or wild. Uh, you can't even use dumb. Dumb, non-vocal, non-verbal. That's how you use it. Because once used to describe a person who could not speak, it implied the person was incapable of expressing themselves. Uh, let's see here. Can't use handicapped anymore. Can't use insane. Can't use lame. Use boring or uncool instead because that's ableist language. Let's get down here to... Um, some of the other. Oh, you can't use tone deaf. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Unenlightened is the word that they would prefer. Um, walk in. That's you can't use walk in like drop in. Like you can't say walk in clinic. Don't. Oh, my God. Don't say walk in clinic. That is ableist language that trivializes the experience of people living with disabilities. Now, as I tick these down again, you have to listen to this and you have to realize that people who are getting PhDs in in master's degrees are putting this stuff together on a website 
for the people at Stanford. And the rest of the woke people at WashU and at SLU and at Mizzou, they cheered this stuff on. They love it. They want to create a website just like it, right? Can't use senile anymore. Person suffering from senility, because that term is used disparagingly to refer to older people whose mental faculties appear to be in decline. Then we get to colonialism. You can't even use the word Philippine Islands. Consider... Isn't that what they're called? No, 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 no! Because that is a politically incorrect term and it denotes colonialism. Some people of Filipino heritage might use the term, though, they say. (laughs) Oh, you mean because that's (laughs) the term. Filipinos might actually say Philippine Islands. But if you're not Filipino, we want you to say the Philippines or the Republic of the Philippines, unless you're from there and you say it anyway. This is so idiotic. Oh, my God. How about the culturally appropriative language, right? Can't say brave. Brave. It's, this is my favorite. I think this is my favorite one because it says, consider using none. Do not use. Do not use the word brave. This term perpetuates the stereotype of the noble, courageous savage, equating the indigenous male as being less than a man. You can't use bury the hatchet. Instead, say call for peace, call for truce. Using this term is cultural appropriation of a centuries-old tradition among some North American indigenous peoples who buried their tools as a war symbol of peace. Can't use chief, can't use Geronimo, can't use guru. Guru, expert, subject matter, primary leader, teacher, God. Use that instead. Because in the Buddhist and Hindu traditions, the word is a sign of respect. Using it casually negates the original value. Low man on the totem pole. Oh my God, are you kidding me? I gotta use this. Low man on the totem pole. Inappropriate. That's right. Lacking seniority. Don't have power prestige. That's recommended. Because if you use low man on the totem pole, well, there's a bunch of problems with that. First of all, you're using the word man, okay? (laughs) Can't do that. But it also trivializes someone that is sacred or something that is sacred to indigenous peoples. Also, in some First Nation communities, being low on the totem pole is actually a higher honor than being on top. The term also reinforces male-dominated language. They should have started with that. Uh, Gender-based. Okay, instead of preferred pronouns, consider using pronouns. What? Context. The word preferred suggests that non-binary gender identity is a choice and a preference. Let me read that one again, ladies and gentlemen, just in case you weren't paying 100 percent attention. At Stanford, they don't want you to use the term preferred pronouns, even though they're the ones that invented the stupid nonsense anyway. They want you just to say pronouns, not what are your preferred. Why? The word preferred suggests that non-binary gender identity is a choice and a preference. Let that one kind of simmer there for just a little bit, right? Because it is (laughs) balls to the wall. Can't say that. Say accelerate efforts. Attributes personality traits to anatomy. Same thing with ballsy. Can't say that. Can't say chairman, chairwoman. Can't say congressman, congresswoman. Can't say fireman, firemen. Can't say freshman. Can't say gentlemen. Can't say guys. Can't say have the balls to. Can't say he. Can't say hermaphrodite. Can't say ladies. Can't say ladies, Sue. It says instead use the word everyone. Lumps a group of people using gender binary language that doesn't include everyone. Too effing bad, okay? Landlord, landlady, consider using property owner. I mean, I could go on and I can Mark. read this. This goes on and on and on. And this is real. This is a real document that 
the people at Stanford in their infinite wisdom thought was a smart thing to put out publicly for the rest of the country to see. And again, this isn't just Stanford because they have this at Washington University. They have it at Mizzou. They want to be the language police. This is where this country is heading right now. And it's sickening to me. It's not only sad. I've gotten way past sad on this stuff because it's a big flipping joke. It is despicable that this stuff, and by the way, those of you paying for your kids to go to Stanford, hope you're real glad that they cashed that check. You're getting your money's worth. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Well, we're going to have a little fun in the next hour as we uh, get you closer to Christmas. George Gray will be with us with the Price is Wrong, Mark. He'll be doing it this time from Arizona, not in town. He chose the wise route to not suffer in temperatures that will be miserable Thursday, Friday, Saturday into Sunday. So George is going to join us after Sue's News in the next hour. Jerry Baker, editor-at-large for The Wall Street Journal, back with us, talking about a bunch of different issues as we take into Christmas. Jerry Baker, Merry Christmas. How are you? Good, very well. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, um, Happy Holidays. I, not a phrase I like, but uh, best wishes to all you and your listeners. I'm a Merry Christmas guy, so yeah, we're we're in a safe space here in St. Louis. What's the uh, What's the Baker Christmas plans? You got big plans? You're traveling? No, no, staying home with family. We just uh, uh, my daughters are now in different parts of the country, but uh, they'll uh, they'll all be here just after Christmas, and we'll just stay here and have a nice, uh, peaceful, quiet Christmas in New York if you can do that. Well, Christmas is beautiful in New York. I don't know about quiet, but it is a beautiful place to be during the holidays. My producer, Fred, was there just a few weeks ago for the uh, for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and was blown away. I've only been there, I think, maybe two times during the holidays, but I, th- I thought it was magical. So you got that going it for you. It is lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Lights, uh, 
cold. It's a shame we're not going to get a white Christmas. We're going to get a very wet one, unfortunately. But uh, but it's lovely. Yeah, thank you. Well, let, let's talk about a few things that are happening right now. And you and I have talked about January 6th, and I guess I've said the same thing before. I, I consider what happened January 6th pretty outrageous. Um, I'd kind of like to move forward. I think a lot of what's been going on with this committee is political. I, I don't know that I really care if Trump is indicted at this point, but what do you make of, of how that committee is wrapping things up? And is there going to be a, I guess there's a criminal referral in this situation right now. Yeah, look, I mean, I think clearly um, this was a political exercise all along. I don't necessarily think that invalidates it. You and I, again, have had this conversation before. I thought what happened on January 6th was disgraceful. I thought that Trump certainly played an important role in um, in creating the circumstances at minimum that led to January 6th. I thought Trump should have been impeached uh, for his role in all of that. So I'm all happy to go along with all of that. This and, and I don't think the January the sixth hearings have necessarily been intrinsically legitimate. I think you know, I think they could have been handled better, the membership could have been handled better, all of those things. I think they have revealed some very important important details. As far as the criminal issue is involved, look, I mean they've cut they've called for, you know, they've asked the Justice Department to um, you know, to to, to indict Trump. My, my I'm not a lawyer. But my own sense is that on the on the so-called charges they have, I think they'd be very, very hard to make them stick. I know the Justice Department obviously is investing this with investigating this with its special prosecutor right now. It just seems to to me, as I understand the law, the bar for especially for insurrection, for incite for incitement to violence or insurrection is set incredibly high, and rightly so. I mean, there's the First Amendment. People are allowed to essentially say all kinds of things, which uh, you know, we, which which we might find objectionable, which we certainly don't want to prosecute people for. So, look, yeah, I think that I think on the whole, the January sixth committee has done a pretty valuable job of surfacing more of the information that demonstrates that Trump played a pretty disgraceful role in the final days of his presidency. Uh, I don't think it's going to go anywhere from a criminal perspective, but I suspect, I suspect as we look back on 2022 and we see what's happened to Donald Trump, you know, he started the year as the greatest threat to democracy uh, the country's ever faced and he ended <laughs> the year hawking, you know, hawking, uh, hawking digital baseball cards of himself. You know, I think that prob- probably the revelations about January the 6th have played a role in, in further... Uh, further undermining his reputation, and that probably isn't a bad thing. Yeah, well, and I'm I'm kind of on the same page with you on that, but he doesn't seem to have done himself any favors as a guy who apparently wants to run for president again in the last few weeks because the numbers are, they're cratering, they're continuing to crater. And I, I've had more and more people that said, I voted for him twice, not going to do it again. Yeah, look, again, Mark, you and I have had this conversation before, and I, and I think what Trump did in 2015, 2016, you know, I didn't always like some of the rhetoric and some of the language, but what he did in 2015, 2016, and more importantly, what he did for most of his presidency was an incredibly important shift in the country and the GOP. And a lot of what it was was valuable. It was, you know, the country, you can't look back on the first 15 years of the 21st century of what's happened in this country and, and not think that something dramatic needed to change. We needed disruption to the political system. It was, the two political parties, you know, pretty well hand in hand have presided over economic decline, financial crisis, global wars, which ended in disaster. The country needed some, you know, reassertion of, of real core American values. And I think Trump did a lot of that. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, as you well know, and I've defended a lot of what Donald Trump said and did back then, and I've defended a lot of what Donald Trump said and did during his presidency. And I still think overall, the direction in which he took the Republican Party is a good one. I just think there are question marks about his own 
personality and character, which came very much came to be revealed after the election in 2020 and leading up to, to January the 6th. Look, but I think the direction that I've just talked about, the, the shift in the direction of the Republican Party is a very important one and must be maintained. One thing I would really regret, Mark, as we do see, I think, probably, you know, the sort of steady decline of Donald Trump himself as a political force. I mean, I wouldn't write him off. Nobody should ever write him no, off. No, no, that's true. Decline. Right. Uh, he is declining. I do hope that the party doesn't see this as kind of an excuse to go back to the status quo anti-2015, uh, 2014. I'm afraid to say that sort of, you know, Romney Republican Party was not exactly a success and nor exactly was it doing the right things. I do think there is a, you know, I hate this term because it's used too loosely, but there is a kind of populist Republican conservative message that Trump brilliantly articulated in 2015-2016, which can now that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a banner that can now be taken up by others you know, maybe it's Ron DeSantis, I'm not convinced yet it's Ron DeSantis, but maybe there are others who can take up that message, take up that banner, take up that cause, and do so in a way that doesn't alienate more than half the electorate, which is the other thing, the other problem with Donald Trump. Yeah, and I don't know if he's going to do it for any kind of presidential run, but, you know, we have uh, Josh Hawley here. I don't know if you saw his piece in The Washington Post a couple of weeks ago about conservatism, and he's got a little bit of a different take than I do on what the party should do, but he's kind of digging into his own populism in that particular situation, whether it's for a presidential run or or not, I'm not exactly sure. But again, Senator Hawley seems to think, um, if you read that piece, Jerry, that the uh, the issue with the quality of candidates wasn't really what prevented the Republicans from moving forward with a red wave. He feels it was the messaging in, in the party apparatus. Yeah, I don't believe that. I, I mean, don't Hawley's a, I don't either. Hawley's Hawley's Hawley's. Cynical, a, a very smart, but incredibly cynical politician. He makes Ted Cruz look like a kind of model of, uh, you know, of in, integrity and honesty. I mean, I mean, it's you know, he's. Uh, I don't believe that. I, I, the, the evidence is pretty clear. You know, so so if the message was so bad in Florida, why did you know? How did Governor DeSantis manage to win by twenty yeah. points? If the message was so bad in New York. How did Republicans take four or five crucial House seats uh, in, New, in New York, which actually made the difference in the end between the Republicans gaining or not gaining gaining the House of Representatives? You know, you, 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 the message the message was clear. Whether it was in Pennsylvania, whether it was in Georgia, whether it was in Arizona, whether it was in Michigan, uh, you know, those candidates that. That all endorsed, all endorsed by Donald Trump, and in turn endorsed the stop the steal the stop the steal lunacy. All those candidates went down. Uh, you know, a couple of them managed to, you know, do all right. Uh, uh, J.D. Vance in Ohio, but Ohio's a solidly red state. He was not going to lose, and he still did noticeably worse than Mike DeWine. So, look, I, this is this is a bogus argument by people who are still, you know, politically ambitious, cynical people who are still trying to appeal appeal to that solid core, unfortunately, of the Republican base that thinks the election was stolen, that will vote for Donald Trump. And they're trying to sort of they think Trump is fading. So they're just going to try and sort of take over his vote by maintaining that cause. We know what happened. We, we, you know, Trump lost the election, the midterm elections in 2018. He lost the presidential election in 2020 and lost the election in 2020, the midterm elections in 2022. You know, I thought it was three strikes and you're out in this country. So um, but but, you know, maybe maybe who knows, maybe people like Josh Hawley, will somehow convince people that it wasn't that and that it was all to do with Mitch McConnell not putting money in the right place. I, I, I doubt it. I think people people aren't stupid. They, 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 they understand what happened and they see it very clearly. But again, the key thing is, it's not, it, it, is about, it was about those candidates. It was about Trump. The key thing is the, the policies, the policies that Trump uh, articulated, the, the, the message that Trump articulated back in 2015, 2016 in particular, is a really important one. And the Republican Party mustn't let go of that. And in that sense, at least, 
uh, I agree with some of the things that Josh Hawley yeah, says. On that front, I do as well. Jerry Baker from the Wall Street Journal. All right, the Twitter files. You wrote about it recently. Go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, what I wrote in my column last week was I said, look, there's, there's, there, it's, those who say there's nothing new in these files are, are kind of right. And those who say that there's a shocking revelation here of the way – uh, you know, a very powerful company, a very powerful tech, tech and media company, uh, you know, pushes a narrative and shapes a narrative and blocks alternative views. They're right, too. I mean, we kind of knew this. We did. We did know this is what Twitter was doing. We knew this with the blocking of the Hunter Biden, the disgraceful blocking of the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020, with the way in which they shadow ban people, the way in which they deamplify, as they call it, people whose views they don't like. We've known that. We've, we've been watching it for six, seven, eight, eight years. We've seen it happen. Conservatives have seen that happen. But 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 the um, the what was fascinating about the Twitter files, and we get more and more each day, it seems, is the way in which this worked and the way in which, first of all, executives at Twitter itself, uh, officials of that company themselves eagerly and proactively uh, blocked uh, stuff they didn't like because, um, you know, again, they sort of control the narrative. They like to think and they think that anybody who disagrees with their narrative is not just wrong, but somehow immoral and illegitimate and needs to be needs to be essentially silenced. We've now seen and increasingly, and I do think in the, the revelations we've seen in the sort of second or the next batch of Twitter files uh, are, are, are genuinely concerning. We're getting much more information about the extent to which law enforcement and uh, intelligence services we're really leaning on Twitter in all kinds of ways, you know, supposedly under the guise of blocking foreign intervention and foreign, you know, manipulation by foreign governments of, you know, information in this country. But actually, if you look through those 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 files that have been published in the last few days, it's pretty obvious that Twitter, first of all, to some extent, the Twitter executives come off a little better out of these ones because they're often saying to the FBI and law enforcement, look, we, we're, we do that. We, we know we're, we're looking. We know we're checking out for foreign, you know, foreign misinformation. And, and if we do find bots, Russian bots or whatever it is, we are blocking them. But but the the the, the law enforcement and the intelligence um, officials were, were pushing them to do even more. I think this is pretty. You know, I, I interviewed on my podcast yesterday, Mark uh, Ro Khanna, who's the uh, yeah. congressman, Democrat, California. liberal Aggressive Democratic congressman from California represents Silicon Valley, and he said to me on my podcast he's concerned about this, and he thinks there does need to be, you know, if if there was an attempt by um, the U.S. arms of the U.S. government to try uh, on the flimsy ground of blocking foreign intervention, but actually its aim was really to silence voices with, with that they thought, you know, were, um, you know, were inimical to sort of to, to some particular cause they were trying to promote. That's a really, really dangerous state of affairs. And I think look, Republicans take control. I don't, I don't want Republicans when they take control of the House uh, next month uh, to spend their entire time doing investigations. I think that was not very, very worthwhile. But I do think we are now learning enough about what was going on. And by the way, if it was going on Twitter, you can guarantee it was going on at Facebook. You can guarantee it's going on at Google. You can guarantee it's going on at all these tech companies. We we do need pro- we need to properly expose that. I think there needs to be some light cast on these companies, and I do think that's going to require a thorough investigation. One of the things I liked from your your column on Twitter, you said Twitter occupies an absurdly inflated amount of space in the minds of people in the media, and you said myself included, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean it's true. Look, I mean we. Well, I should say that I'm 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 weird. Okay, I'm I'm like that sort of five percent of the population that weirdly obsesses about politics and current affairs. Thank God most Americans are much more sensible and have got much better things to do, Mark, than to spend you know five hours a day you know looking at articles about 
politics and current affairs and society and all this kind of stuff. They've got real they've got real lives to live, and they go ahead and they live them. And good, you know, good luck to them. They're doing the right thing. But we do obsess about it. Twitter does occupy a ridiculously large space. I mean, you know, there was somebody had quite a funny, quite a, I thought there was a very funny somebody you know, wrote wrote something very funny today that you know someone gets you know you know a dentist gets home from a day of doing dentistry and working really really hard and helping people and he turns on CNN and the CNN headline is someone talking about how some blue checks that is now, you know, somebody's no longer going to get a blue check on Twitter. I mean, it is, it is, it is <laughs> yeah. completely removed from the reality of everyday life. But, but the one, the one thing we mustn't forget is what we were just talking about, which is that they do control a huge amount of the public conversation that takes place. They do. Journalists are obsessed with Twitter and journalists do still uh, less than they did, thank God, but they do still have an outsized influence in the conversation and the types of topics that get talked about. And if Twitter is able to control that in some way, or even to establish the kind of limits and boundaries of what's, what, 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 we, what we talk about, that's something, and if that is being done either for ideological reasons by people at Twitter or because the, the U.S. government is, 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 arms of the U.S. government are in some ways driving this, then we really, really need to have a thorough investigation of it. Jerry Baker, you have a great Christmas. Thank you so much for spending a little time with me here this week before I take off. I know your break is coming up tomorrow, so enjoy the holiday. We will talk after the first of the year, and we'll see what 2023 holds for us. Mark, thank you very much indeed. Merry Christmas to you and to all your listeners. Thank you, Jerry. Bye. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We have a very, very special Christmas edition of The Price is Wrong Mark with George Gray coming up in the next hour. The only uh, bummer about that one is usually George is here this time of year in the studio, but he is in Arizona wisely choosing a warmer climate over this nonsense that's about to move into our region. And speaking of that, Dave Murray is going to join us with a bit of an update after the top of the hour. We'll see how the uh, the snow has been adjusted, when it's going to hit, and um, how cold these temperatures are going to be. It's just going to be ridiculous. We've got Selena Zito coming up a little bit later in the show. She's a columnist for the New York Post and the Washington Examiner. I have an audio cut of the day and a whole lot more as we take you out here. We've got uh, Sue's News in the next hour as well. Gentry Trotter is with us. He is the founder of Heat Up St. Louis. We go way back. This is probably going to be even more important than ever. We do the Heat Up St. Louis campaign to help people pay for their heating bills. This is going to be a challenging winter. Gentry, how are you? Merry Christmas. How are, how's everything Mer- going? Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah and everything else needs to be included. Everything's going well except we're very busy and the weather is going to be a little bit uh, uh, challenging. The good news is you won't be disconnected because of the cold weather rule. Temperatures will be way below 23 degrees and in addition to that it also gives you the good news is a chance to pay those bills if uh, you're challenged economically and you're dealing with affordability issues in Missouri or Illinois. So the gap is this weather is a blessing for the kids, maybe a curse for the adults, but it is another blessing because it gives you a little more time. And, And for us, it gives people in your great audience a chance to donate to Heat Up St. Louis. We're 46% 
over versus last year in terms of the demand. It is outrageously high, and you can blame that on COVID, the flu, the economy, and and so forth and so on. So what we're trying to do is make a difference for those neighbors who can't. Uh, and for those neighbors who can and they want to help, they can go to any UMB bank in Missouri and Illinois and drop off a donation at a teller, and they will take care of it and or do what we normally have done for years, go securely to Heat Up St. Louis, that's S-T-L-O-U-I-S dot O-R-G, and that money, the public donations, 100% of it goes to helping those in need because our volunteer board of 68 people, including your wonderful general manager, they underwrite the admin costs. And guess what? The good money, I always say, is the public donations. Many of the federal dollars, they have a lot of barriers tied to them. But this money is out the door quicker and faster, and it's in the homes to keep a lot of people from doing what they shouldn't be, and that's unsafe methods of heating. Yeah, space heaters, things like that. But Gentry, how does this work? Um, maybe I haven't asked you this in the past. How does it work on the other end? So if someone makes a donation to Heat Up St. Louis, and of course you um, you, you do the, the Rise and Shine breakfast for, for Hardee's. That was, I think, recently. But if someone makes a donation, then is there an application process for people who yes, need the help? It, 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 it's like the, the stop. Even though we have now outlets throughout Missouri and Illinois and, and Partners 23, the good news for them is all the applications are at heatupstlouis.org. Tips, applications, you name it. Connections to the utility companies for those people who can. How to give, how to get help, and in, in addition, what you need, which is income, as you well know, everything is income-driven, but how to get help, what you need to support that documentation, all of that's online. And of, we were the first agency in Missouri and Illinois to do something like this. Everybody else called up, including LIHEAP in Missouri, called up about a, a couple of years ago. But we were the first ones. Yes, a lot of people don't want to deal with that. They can come to many of our lobbies and fill out the application and bring their stuff. But a lot of people, it used to be 95% and now 85% of the people who get help in Missouri and Illinois, all the way down to the Boot Hill, to Jefferson City, Columbia, St. Louis, St. Louis County, Illinois, uh, St. Charles and all those other counties, Jefferson County, et cetera, they just go online to heatupstlouis.org. And don't do the S-T-L, it's S-T-L-O-U-I-S dot O-R-G. I was a little awesome. anal retentive in abbreviations, so you, I believe in spelling everything out. You, Gentry, I have no, uh, no idea how that would happen. And by Listen, the way, before you run off, yes. uh, if anybody really wants to volunteer, because you know we had over 10,000 volunteers to help us since this will be our 23rd year next month. Rise and Shine is coming up February the 10th. Anybody wants to be out there shaking their can in an apron can always go to in their groups and organizations, political, whatever. All of them social, civic businesses can go to heatupstlouis.org. They can register now. For February, but right now we need, as Reverend Nan said, silent offerings. Well, listen, thanks for coming on here. Good luck with the campaign. It's going to be needed more than ever this year, Gentry. There's no doubt about that. Um, best way, just to go to the website, right? And you're a great man. HeatUpStLouis.org. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, Gentry. I appreciate it. And yes, Bye-bye. as Smokey Robinson would say, Happy Chinooka. I was thinking about that this week because I think that's <laughs> like three years old where Smokey accidentally said Chinooka and we all kind of got a kick 
out of that. Um, look, th- this <laughs> this weather this weekend is just going to be ridiculous, and I, I can't even imagine what people are going to do that they can't afford. You know, Sue, you just look at these situations. It, it sort of feeds on itself, what he just said about the space heaters. People are going to have to probably go to space heaters because they're not going to want to crank the heat in their house or they don't have the proper heat. They're worried about how much it's going to cost. And then they put a space heater in there and it starts a fire and you got things that happen that are yeah, worse that than is that, unfortunately. Yeah, never good news. And the economy is especially bad right now. So that's going to be a big deal. I keep looking at Thursday morning. We'll have Dave update us here in just a couple of minutes. It's been wavering between, you know, minus four and minus six for, well, I, that's Friday morning because it's Thursday night into Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, 34 for the high on Thursday and then minus four when you wake up on Friday morning. Uh, but does it really matter if it's minus four or minus seven or anything no. like that? It really doesn't matter because wind. it's going to be, yeah, the wind, wind is going to be brutal. And then on wind, we're looking at winds from the uh, west-northwest at 20 to 30 miles an hour, occasionally over 40. That's when you're going to get the, I think what Dave said yesterday was wind chills that are well under 20, 25 Oof. below zero, 30 ah. below zero. So That's ridiculous. Brace yourself. Well, it's not even fun just to go out. One of the things that we were trying to achieve, and I think that you're, you're seeing this, we were talking about this in the studio. You go to a store right now, and it's the normal buildup for Christmas that's already going to be there. But I do sense that people are hitting those Plus grocery stores. Snow. Yeah, yeah, they're hitting the I grocery mean, stores early because if you yes. wait till Thursday morning to go to the Schnooks or the Deerbergs, there's not going to be anything left. I know. <laughs> I, I, I went to the store today, and it was cram-packed. I did go to West County Mall. I I made it over to the mall this morning because I had a couple things that I need to get for the kids and then one thing for my wife. And it wasn't that bad at that time. Good. You know, just trying to find parking. But as the day builds, you know, it's nuts. Yeah, mine was at the grocery store. Woo! Get your bread now, people. I already got my bread for uh, French toast. That is a uh, Reardon family tradition on Christmas morning, French toast. I make nice. it with the uh, the Pepperidge Farm um, cinnamon bread. But let me tell you, so I can top that, stuff. but it is good stuff. I make Grandma Thomas cinnamon swirl bread, and we make it. Oh, you make you homemade. See, that's better. There's no doubt. But using the cinnamon swirl is still, you know, the the flavor. Yeah, the flavor is awesome. That you're going for. Uh, All right. Well, we'll talk more about French toast and other things. Dave Murray coming up after the top of the hour. Um, Also, George Gray with the Price is Wrong, Mark. He'll do that from Arizona. Selena Zito is going to be with us. And as I mentioned earlier, Selena's great on the politics. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, wrapping up 2022, heading in to next year, what her expectations would be for the new calendar year. But she also wrote a column that we saw last week. Um, She spoke with the 29-year-old curator of the Carnegie Science Center's Miniature Railroad and Village. And there's a Christmas theme to that, so Selena will point that out. Then i got a couple of stories that kind of relate to academia that I'll get back into in the 5 o'clock hour as well. Um, one of them dealing with something that happened at Purdue University with, uh, with the dean there that I thought was good. Here's another story that I saw today that I thought was funny. I don't even think I have to give much attention to this, but I did write it down. There's a Politico story and a headline that says... He's got a huge problem. Mike Pence is struggling to find his path back to the White House. Now, do you need to read anything more in no. that story? No. Do, do, isn't, do, does someone need – who's the reporter here? I'll say Adam Wren. Does Adam really need to sit down and get quotes from people around the country about Mike Pence running for president and how challenging that might be given the circumstances and how he exited the White House and his relationship with Trump? He doesn't have a chance in hell. Why he's even dabbling with, with thinking about this is a little mysterious to me. But these people who are you know political animals, they – their egos, I think, run the day and they don't really worry about what other people think. But it's, you know, I, I know he's selling a book and I think deep down, I think Mike Pence is a good dude. I like him. 
He used to come on the radio with me quite a bit back in the day when he was thinking about running for president. He was doing a show oh, in Indiana at the time. He was a talk show host. So I think he's a he's a good guy. He's a decent guy. And I'm not sure he wouldn't have made a good president at one point. But I think the time has certainly passed. And it's hard for me to believe that Mike Pence doesn't know that because he seemingly is at least somewhat sharp politically and self-aware. Yeah. Maybe not. Anyway, political wasted a whole bunch of um, words on the notion that he's not going to do very well if he decides to run for president. Sue's News is coming up. Dave Murray after the top of the hour. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.